This is The Caretaker, and you are listening to The Graveyard Show. Welcome to this special edition of the Graveyard Show podcast. I am your caretaker and the graveyard is open. Well, in this edition, we are going to get a little preview of the upcoming documentary In Search of Darkness Part 3. And who better to join me than the director of the In Search of Darkness series, as well as the 1980s science fiction super documentary In Search of Tomorrow. And of course, he's also the executive producer of the upcoming documentary about James Cameron's 1986 film Aliens, entitled Aliens Expanded. I'm talking about, of course, a friend of the program, Mr. David Weiner. David, it's great having you back here on the Graveyard Show podcast. Always happy to unearth myself at the graveyard and to uh, wipe off some of the dirt, but I do like to keep some of the worms squirming around me for show. <laughs> well, we are getting into Halloween, so of course that always helps. <laughs> well, it was great hearing from you uh, and and knowing that you were ready to come back onto the podcast to talk about uh, the latest addition to the In Search of Darkness series. In Search of Darkness Part 3, of course. Um, why don't we uh, get right into it? And what can you tell everyone what this installment is about? Sure. Well, for those, uh, I, I know your audience knows, but I, I do like to give a real basic primer that uh, this is the third and final installment in the In Search of Darkness trilogy, which are long-form documentaries about 80s horror uh, films. And so what they all do in Search of Darkness Part 1, Part 2, and now Part 3 is they all follow the same structural format of going from 1980 to 1989, uh, covering a, a number of of movie segments within each year that came out at that time. Uh, and then larger context chapters uh, in between each move, each year uh, to really give uh, perspective to the influence and the impact of these films. And what they all do is they all have uh, icons and experts from the era and of the industry talking about not only their films, but the films they love and uh, the uh, overall joy and celebration of that 80s horror gives to all of us. So part three, we're now getting to a point where we're really getting into the eclectic selection uh, of the video revolution. So the VHS revolution in, in the 80s really impacted filmmaking and indie filmmaking and especially horror filmmaking and genre filmmaking and so by being able to bypass the gatekeepers in hollywood and having producers and filmmakers make their own films and have them released direct to video uh even shot on video it really changed the game in terms of how much horror uh could be available to the average consumer and it basically exploded and there are hundreds and hundreds of movies and that means for in search of darkness part three there's plenty to chew on now we'll get into how fans and 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 everyone out there can uh, purchase this film um but before we get to that why don't we talk about uh one of the really cool things that you did for this uh latest installment uh there was a, a really big effort to get viewers and fans involved 
in the process of having a say in some of the films that would be featured in this edition. Uh, how did this idea come about and what was the response you received from fans? Well, the, the fact that we're doing part three probably says it all. Uh, we did the first one with hopes and dreams that we'd make a fun and entertaining and informative film that would resonate with, with fans of horror. Uh, made by fans for fans and the response was so positive that we got to do in search of darkness part two but frankly i really thought that was going to be it but uh that film because it got to go uh beyond the borders of north america to international and italian filmmakers um japan australia uh, a lot of more eclectic titles that the hardcore horror fan will appreciate the the roar for more was was deafening and it was the greatest music to our ears and so we decided creator vc ceo uh robin block who's executive producer of these films decided he, he's, he's very dialed into the community element of making these films these films aren't just crowdfunded and then they appear when they appear a year or more later we involve our audience directly and we wanted this time around to have our audience dictate the types of films that they wanted to see in this installment and so we did uh surveys we did polls and uh you know i've been taking copious notes since notes since part one everyone said who said i love in search of darkness but too bad this movie wasn't in it or too bad that movie wasn't in it or what a crime that you didn't do this and uh this time around i would say essentially everything is is has been asked for by at least someone if not demanded uh in a survey and a poll by our backers and we've got 79 films in this in search of darkness final installment and it's uh running over five hours it's now the longest in search of darkness movie ever and we're happy to make it as long as we can to accommodate as much as we can even though there's still plenty that we still haven't touched wow and would you say out of the fan selections how many of those actually made the the final cut uh, everything. Wow. I, I really believe that to be true. Uh, you know, we we surveyed and pulled and got uh, at least probably 50 titles that were, you know, prioritized. Uh, but beyond that, like I said, copious notes. I, 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 I pay attention to every single thing. And uh, if, if it wasn't mentioned, uh, I, I made sure certain theatrical releases that we hadn't touched uh, got in there because there's still plenty that we still haven't gotten to. But this is really heavy in the, uh, the straight to video, shot on video, uh, a lot more international titles this time around where we're covering lots of Asian horror, mm -hmm. Mexican and Spanish horror, um, and a lot of Canadian horror. Canadian horror is like the invisible horror. We know a lot of the, the titles, but we don't necessarily know it's Canadian. I think it's important to single that out and, and even assign it to the kind of exploitation movement uh, that happened in uh, the late 70s and the early 80s that created so many amazing uh, uh, horror movies that you know filmmakers like David Cronenberg capitalized on. 
I think that's great because, yeah, it's so true. I know that there are times where I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot that movie came from Canada. And it, yeah. it really was a huge um, uh, marketplace for, for movies to come out of. I mean, they were. They yeah, were anything from, you know, scanners. You know, we I, I think your audience knows all the Cronenberg titles. But, you know, um, you know, the, the terror trains and the prom nights and the, and the, the death ships, you know, My Bloody Valentine. You know, these are all Canadian titles. Yeah. Um, you know, even Things, which is a notoriously not very good film, uh, it, it definitely deserves mention because it, it can't be more Canadian than Things when they're <laughs> spilling Molson and blood everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's always so interesting because I, I, I know when I got my um, questionnaire in uh, via email, about what I wanted to, you know, add to the to the series, what my selections were. I had to go back and I had to look literally at all of the movies that you had done in part one and part two, because I'm like, I know I'm going to put like two or three movies on here that I don't remember. <laughs> that it's were an, yeah, well, it's inevitable to duplicate them because the average In Search of Darkness film covers, you know, about 75 films. So yeah. part one and part two, you got 150 films uh, to think about. Did they already do that or, or not? You know, um, but that's a good problem to have. Exactly. And, and you know, I think the video era itself is so interesting, um, especially as you mentioned. You know, uh, these direct to video releases that were happening at that time. And I remember as a kid seeing the first, I think it was direct to video movie. Maybe, well, there are two of them. One of them was the uh, 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 the Tom Savini movie where he played uh, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> the Ripper. <laughs> the yes. Ripper, yes. And then uh, the other one is uh, Truth or Dare, a Critical Madness. And huh. I remember watching that going, what it like, I, I didn't realize it was shot on video. And I'm like, what is this? This looks so weird and so different. And sure enough, I was like, oh, yeah, it's shot on, you know, shot on video. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Um, Board, boarding, boarding houses is a is a very big title in terms of that, because it's the first uh, shot on video film uh, released. Wow. Um, wow. You know, and, and so uh, and, and that one is, you know, a, a couple said, hey, I could do that and I could do it with a video camera, you know, uh, after after George Lucas said that video is the future. They took that to heart and got a camera and said, we're going to make a horror movie. And it's it's quite it's quite the uh, masterpiece in all sorts of ways. Now, one of the uh, topics, because you always what I love is that you always set up e each of the first two films are very different from each other, yet still remaining the same. And you have these great setups, especially in the first one about the 80s and certain moments and things that were were prominent during that decade that helped formulate not only the decade, and our world, but also all these movies, whether it's through uh, the In Search of Darkness series or In Search of Tomorrow. Um, one of the topics that's discussed, and I, and I won't give away uh, really anything other than just this topic, just to give people a little bit of taste of what to, what's to come. Uh, you look at the uh, satanic panic of the 1980s, which, of course, those of us who lived through it remember it really well. <laughs> but for those people yeah. out there that don't know, that are too young uh, that, to, rem to know what satanic panic was, can you just describe it to them, please? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, I, I think I think it's actually uh, a popular 
thing that people talk about. It sort of made it made its way back in terms of, of the lexicon. But it's uh, it, it's an era when uh, there were a lot the, the moral majority that and the religious extreme right uh, were uh, the the televangelists and the evangelists were aligning with with politics and moving in to push back against a lot of the quote unquote smuts that they were seeing in popular culture and media and uh, horror movies were became a pariah genre essentially whether it was in, in the UK with video nasties or domestically in the United States with the satanic panic they called it the satanic panic because it aligned now of course this is you know in the wake of the exorcist and the omen the amityville horror even though that's just not necessarily demonic possession but everyone was like uh-oh our, our kids are going to be uh uh in in they're going to be absorbed into cults of uh, satan worshipers it was a big deal you know geraldo was having you know satan uh themed shows you know there you know does satan exist i don't know but satan worship sure does let's investigate and um it all kind of aligned with uh heavy metal uh as well where you know typical uh and and congressmen wanted to basically uh, push back and, and create some sort of guidelines. People thought it was censorship, but it was in their minds guidelines, you know, to uh, protect our kids from dangerous lyrics that were, you know, everything from playing records backwards to, you know, the lyrics themselves to Ozzy Osbourne biting the heads off bats. This was all really bad. Uh, but the filmmaking of the era reflected that and capitalized on that and just said, wow, you know, this is hot and everyone hates it. Let's make some heavy metal horror movies like Trick or Treat, you know, Rock and Roll Nightmare. It was a real fun era and it, the satanic panic really kind of fueled uh, the controversy all around horror filmmaking. That was kind of a long answer, wasn't it? No, that was that was perfect. Because it, it, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where I remember I remember even maybe it might have even been as as early as maybe the late seventies. I don't know if this happened because I grew up in Jersey. I don't know if that happened out here in California, but the the toothpaste company Crest had uh-huh. the hey, you know where I'm going. Um, they had a half a moon uh, with like yeah, and it was the stars, and people were like, "That's a satanic symbol." And I remember my my parents were like, "Yeah, I don't know." Some of the parents are talking about this, and and I'm like, uh, "Okay." And I remember parents were up in arms, and people were writing crests, and like, "You have to, you know, this is terrible, and you have to remove it." And I think they wound up getting rid of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 Dungeons and Dragons was was dra- was dragged into the this as well you know it, it's not a simple explanation just because there were so many different elements you yeah know, there was there was a there was a preschool uh, where uh it, it made lots of headlines because parents all of a sudden were worried that uh you know the the people who ran the preschool were indoctrinating their kids into devil worship and um mcmartin preschool it, it's one of those things where there's so many elements to it but 
you know, 2020 will do a, a special on devil worship and, and, you know, the concerns about it. And they can really light a fire over this stuff. And then all of a sudden everyone's worried that it's happening in the backyards. Yeah, exactly. While the record companies are, are laughing all the way to the bank, you know, because yes. more people are intrigued, <laughs> intrigued in back masking and devil worship and the lyrics and the music. And, yeah. And and ironically, yeah, and ironically enough, what winds up happening, all the stuff that was kind of hidden in the shadows and that kids were listening to now becomes mainstream, and now everybody just knows about it, and it's just like, oh yeah, that, you know. Yeah, well, I think I think it fueled it fueled sales of films and 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 movies, and even Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I mean, all these things. uh, I'm sure it sold sold more Chris Chris toothpaste. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's. it's, it just draws attention to the stuff. You know, it's like no, no bad publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Especially I'm, when people who have a good head on their shoulders can make their own decisions for themselves. It, it, exactly. I mean, I was listening to, you know, metal back in those days. Well, I still, I still do, but you know, I mean, you know, that, that to me was like my wheelhouse metal and horror movies. I'm like, this is great. And, you know, going to see trick or treat when that came out and I think it was 87, 86, somewhere in there. Cause Gene Simmons mm-hmm. was in it and Ozzy's in it. I'm like, yeah, I'm there, yeah. I'm going. Uh, you know, <laughs> to this to this day, I still have to explain to like my wife and everyone else that you know the 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 logo for Rush is not a pentagram. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's a star. Uh, it's a star that represents, uh, you know, authoritarian regimes. It's not a, it's not devil worship, but yeah. it's a star. So oh, it might be demon, demonic worship. I don't know. Yeah. Or Satan. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> or kiss isn't knights in Satan's service. That was another one. Yeah, right. That's right. I was like, where did that? Like, really? Well, we, we have uh, for trick or treat. We have uh, both Gene Simmons and the star of uh, trick or treat. Uh, Mark Price. Nice. Sat down with us to talk about the film and that was super cool and uh and we've got we have a real great eclectic cast this time around we have 50 new interviews we have 70 interviews in total because 20 more are uh extended elements of interviews that we've never heard or seen before from these long form interviews that i do with everybody so a lot of your favorites are back as well you know john carpenter and, and robert england and barbara Kraft and Heather Langenkamp and so on. That's awesome. It's, it's as if you're looking at my notes because that was literally my next question about the interviews. <laughs> Do you have a camera well, over me? What's going on? Are you? <laughs> now, I know this is considered the final entry in the Search of Darkness trilogy, but of course, as we know in the horror genre, there's always that little glimmer that the creature may come back. So is there a possibility that there could ever be a part four on the horizon? There's always the possibility, but I can say I can say with certainty that uh, we are we're calling this a trilogy, and in search of darkness, eighties is done. That's great for now. You know, yeah. will it be resurrected for more? It easily could because, yeah. like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds of movies that came out during that era, and if you take 14 hours of In Search of Darkness, Part One and Part Two and Part Three together, you're still only maybe 225, 30-ish movies are covered. And if you think about how many hundreds came out, obviously there's room for more. Sure. And so the dive could only go deeper into the morass of amazing films yeah um but what we have our sights set on next is in search of darkness 90s wow 
Well, that's an ex- is that is that is that an ex- well? It's probably not an exclusive, but that is really great to know. Um, it's something I can confirm that we're we're developing and looking forward to doing next because the the format has proved to be really uh, uh, people have been incredibly receptive with how we are presenting these films and these long form documentaries. So. Uh, that's on the horizon. That's awesome. Um, would that be within the next like five years? Would you say? Oh, easily. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, would the plan be for this part three to come out, and then I know you're you're you and the creative VC team are hard at work on Aliens Expanded. So, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that would that would be next. Um, yes. Uh, in, in terms of the creator VC's output, the next two things you're going to be seeing are. Uh, FPS uh, first person shooter a video game uh, yep. uh, documentary and uh, Aliens Expanded uh, okay. is the next thing up and uh, uh, likely uh, this this is how you know we're going to sort of boy it's been a lot of stuff that we're doing and I do need sure. a good night's sleep but you know what we're going to do is uh, figure out what's next and uh, we're, we're leaning towards In Search of Tomorrow part two as the next thing in the I think case. that would make sense In Search of Tomorrow was so good it really was <laughs> it, it's I mean these all these are films are so good and uh, you know I, you, you and, the, and the team just work so hard putting together these great um pieces of filmmaking that take these eras and or in this case the era and just they're great time capsules and these are great references to go back to and look at because anybody 50 years from now goes oh i've heard about these 1980s horror movies oh hey i can watch this documentary and see what movies i you know came out and what i may want to watch I mean, and they get in depth. You put it, you put it perfectly. They, they're time capsules and they're curation tools as well for people who just don't know much about the era and don't know where to start. And so, uh, if anything, uh, especially as everyone's getting older uh, and and not going to be around for so long, or folks like Ivan Reitman, you know, uh, it, it's it's just. Uh, incredibly important to have these movies for future generations to see people reflect on their own work and and the importance that these all figure in the decades that they were made in and they're they're really great love letters too to the era i mean you know you and i lived during that time growing up and and being you know immersed in the in those worlds of horror sci-fi and fantasy and all that stuff and it really is a, an amazing representation, and all these movies really do mean something, whether they're the great classic films of the time or low-budget, sort of just like getting by, but you know, they, you kind of get endeared to the movies. Um, I, can't, I can't give you and your team enough credit and appreciation for all the hard work that you've put in uh, to these movies. I, I certainly can't wait to see part three. I know everybody out there certainly can't wait. Um, so if they want to... Thank you, by the way. I mean, I really... I, I want to interrupt and just say thank you very much. I mean, I, 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 it, you, you are a true fan through and through, first and foremost. And uh, these are made by fans for fans. And it's ultimately uh, important, I think, to us 
these films might not be important critically, but they all mean something to us. They're all important to us beyond the film itself. You know, it's uh, the experience seeing the film, whether you were with a, a loved one or a good friend or you snuck in, 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 a, in a theater, you know, for a second showing or, you, you know, you watched it on cable when your parents are asleep. You know, all these things have some context around them that make them fun, even if the film itself is not the ultimate gem. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, really, I mean, you guys have, you guys do great work. I mean, you do, and you see it in the product. And I think that's what separates your, your films from a lot of other films that are out there and documentaries is that it's like, you're doing your job, you're doing your thing, but you, you have an investment in terms of love and respect for these movies and these, and these interviews that you do. And all of you just, I mean, <clears throat> it's really, class from top down it really is and i i know having watched these movies by myself whether it was on my own just to watch or prepping to interview you you know i'll sit here by myself and it's like i'll watch the open you know the first couple of minutes the lead into the credits and i'm like applauding in here and i'm like yeah <laughs> i mean it's like i'm having my own little fun time here going yeah and i'm talking along with the movies you know the interviewer interviewees and I'm like, this is just a lot of fun. And it's just, you know, it's great stuff. Um, and I and I know I can't wait to see three. And um, for those that want to buy part three, where can they go? And what are you guys planning this time around as far as any packages? So for now, through October 31st, Halloween at the Stroke of Midnight, you can get In Search of Darkness Part 3 by going to 80shorrordoc.com, 80shorrordoc.com. And you can get In Search of Darkness Part 3. You can get the physical media. Uh, but we're also, as we often do with these things, uh, there's all cool sorts of swags. There's, you've got digital downloads of the soundtrack, the movie itself. You've got three posters. There's just lots of cool stuff. There's this great membership card we're doing this time around where you get some cool merchant deals. Um, it's a, and that's meant to be an ongoing thing. Uh, and most importantly, uh, you can have your name in the credits, uh, but this is the final chance to be able to do that. Um, and we're also going to be all offering the trilogy as well. So if you don't have In Search of Darkness Part 1 or 2 or 3, which you'd be getting, you could do all three or you can mix and match and there's a cool slipcase to go with that one. And... Lastly, I'll say, because this is such a community effort and we've had such an incredible response from backers and fans uh, over the years, I wanted to be able to give back in some way, shape or form. And I thought, in addition to be able, being able to put your name in the credits, I want to put backer testimonials of how much they love horror along those long end credits. So anybody can go to uh, our socials. They can go to uh, AB's Horror Doc on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you go to the link tree there, there's a link where you can click in and you can I'll basically record your own video testimonial about how much you love horror, how much you love a film or a filmmaker, or even how much you love the In Search of uh, Dark, uh, sorry, In Search of Darkness franchise. And we're going to put as many of them as we can uh, through the end credits, and hopefully there won't be a dry eye in the house when the whole thing's done. That's great. I'm already getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> I feel like I've come to an end of this journey. I haven't even gotten right. there yet. Um, th these films are great. And listen, folks, if you want to purchase these films, 
uh, one, uh, part three or all of them, go to 80shorrordoc.com. H-O-R-R-O. H-O-R-R-O-R. There we go. D-O-C.com. 80shorrordoc.com is where you can go and get it. And you will not be disappointed. And by the way, folks, if you want to see what one of these uh, swag packages uh, are uh, on my YouTube channel for Grave Retro Podcast, I uh, have the one from In Search of Tomorrow, which I have on video in my other uh, show, The Caretaker Reveals. And it's about five minutes, and it shows you all the great stuff, the pins and everything else that came with it. That was a beautiful uh, swag swag, uh, pack as well. Well, David, listen, thank you so much for coming on to talk about In Search of Darkness Part 3. Obviously, when the film comes out, we will have you back here on the program. Um, Is there a a potential release date uh, as of yet, or is it still kind of pending? For In Search of Darkness Part 3? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you order it now between it's a limited uh, time between now and Halloween. Uh, and then uh, what happens is we, we get a, get all those uh, those testimonials and those credits and add that to the end of the film. Uh, but that's the last piece of the puzzle. So people will get their uh, digital version of the film uh, tail end of November. And then we are going to be manufacturing and shipping uh, in early January. Amazing. That is a fast turnaround. Wow. It is. That is a fast turnaround. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Folks, I hope you all appreciate the kind of work that's being put into this because, man, that is not easy to get and to to put in there, turn it around. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, listen, can't wait to have you back on uh, in early January. We'll talk about the film. Uh, we'll start the year off talking about In Search of Darkness Part 3. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'll, we can spoil as much as you want then. I you love know? it. Beautiful. Hopefully. We will do so then. Listen, David, as always, it's great having you on the program. Cannot wait to have you back in January. And again, to all my listeners out there, uh, I will be keeping you posted as uh, as well as more news of In Search of Darkness Part 3 uh, is available. Do not forget to check out the soundtrack to all these films as well. You can do so by visiting the boys at wearypines.com. That's W-E-A-R-Y-P-I-N-E-S dot com. And you will find the great scores by Jamie Chambers and Don McLennan Jr. It's an amazing, I want, I want to take a moment real quick to, to single out uh, the, the two gents who are Weary Pines. They went above and beyond uh, with the In Search of Darkness 3 score. Uh, and they really pushed themselves. They went into all different directions. And, and while we all love their signature synth sound, which you'll definitely have in In Search of Darkness, part three uh you'll find they're going in lots of different directions expanding multiple instrumentations it's so great and i'm very proud to have them back for part three they are amazing and if you're not familiar with them you can check them out uh on the uh, graveyard show podcast they were a uh, guest of mine way back when as well as robin block the ceo of creator vc as well david thanks again for joining me here on the show happy halloween to you and your family and to your creator vc family and uh to everyone out there in podcast land and on YouTube. Happy Halloween to all of you as well. Enjoy the rest of October and Halloween, and I will see you again very soon. And as you exit the graveyard, I would like to remind you to please lock the gate behind you. We wouldn't want anyone to get out. Until next time. Mm